we were avoiding the chainsaw as you as you uh, alluded to I know, in our that group damn chat, chainsaw. Right? It's kind of it hurts when you see it happen because you know what that means. You know, <laughs> it's like they're really it's good punching, insult to injury. Yeah, dude, it's like they're pouring salt on your wound. You know. Thank you for downloading and listening to West Box Score. I'm Alex Gonzalez, joined by my compadre, D-Bot Donald Paz. What's up, dude? Yo, what's going on, Alex? How you been, brother? I've been good, man. It's good to be back on the cast with you, although we are missing the third member of our death triangle here. Sonny and Mono is away on a very special Box Crate podcast assignment, dude. That's yeah. exciting news, right? Yes. I know. I was really excited when he sent us the info about how uh, they're getting back on it. So I was like, oh, awesome, man. I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about all the stuff that's happening in the music world. There is so much to dive there's, into, man. I'm lot. excited. Oh, man. So before we get started with our West Box Score episode, I got to ask you to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. We're at West Box Score. Sonny's podcast is the Fox Great Podcast. It's where vinyl meets culture, you know, and it's also he's also on Instagram at the Fox Crate. And there's a it's a great discussion on that podcast. You know, it's to get, a, you know, get a little step away from the LA sports universe here. And we have a we have an ever growing discord channel, right, D-Bot? Yes, we do. We got a really good, great uh, discord channel. We've been having some really good weekly uh, score sessions is what we like to yes. call them. It's like a, on the discord stage. We'll. We'll just jump on and, and talk everything uh, from L.A. sports to life to philosophy. Yeah, we get pretty deep in it um, and For we sure. jump around. It's, it's kind of like an open chat, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's with a lot of us in there. And, you know, it's a really great group of people. Everyone really has a lot of different um, backgrounds in terms of like, you know, thoughts on different things. And it's really great. But, you know, shout out to the users. Big Money Matt Paz, Billy, Nahum, Parker, Brianna. Clipper Pablo joining us as yeah. well. So that was really cool having him on. And yeah, man, I would say, man, if you want to hang out with us and kind of, you know, be with us throughout the remaining of the week when we're not doing this podcast, you know, definitely join it. It's really fun. So got to come check out that Discord group, man. And if you're a wrestling fan, you should especially join because we booked the whole territory. You know, uh, Rick, as far as uh, <laughs> Billy and I, we we just, and then D-Bot, of course, too, we just booked the territory. They know you should be doing this. And what if this happened? And what if that happened? So yeah. <laughs> if you're a wrestling fan, you got to get in, get your two cents in there and uh, what WWE booking and AEW should be doing. Yeah, back on the road, both of them, man. Yeah, exciting stuff, man. And also check out uh, Sailor Brews Coffee, man. Um, they're out here making some amazing coffee based out of Pasadena, California. They got some nice single origin Ethiopian coffees and, you know, luxury coffee such as the Jamaica Blue Mountain, man. Sailor's Brew Coffee. They're helping you sail through the day storms. Safe sales, everyone. Our listeners get 10% off their first order using our link, which will be in the show notes. So please check it out and get you a bag of some quality coffee. And I gotta, I gotta hit up that website still, man. I gotta, I, I seen some of it. I have yet to put in my order. It's in my cart. I gotta check it out. I just gotta make sure I have the, the right link to get that discount. So I'm gonna yeah. go back to our show notes later after this publishes and get some Sailor Brew coffee, man, because it looks good, man. I've gotta, I gotta, I gotta say that looks like some tasty brew. It does. So, it is. Gonna check it out. So this, we gotta get started, right, with the Lakers and. Yeah. The playoffs, the playoffs started early for uh, was last week. It was not the playoffs, but the play in tournament, yeah. and so it was it was built up as Steph Curry versus LeBron James one more time. You know, in their long storied history, 
Yeah. And this one definitely had a playoff vibe, man. I was yeah. into this game. D-Bot, what were your thoughts on this instant classic? Oh, man. Uh, just like you, it w- it lived up to the hype. I think um, depending on whether you stand, wh- wherever you stand in the play-in uh, kind of new you know format, I know some people love it, some people don't like it. Obviously, Lakers versus Warriors is a reason why you would love it because um, that's what makes it interesting. And that game lived up to it. And I know us as Lakers fans, I don't know about you, Alex, but I was definitely worried for those first, uh, for for sure, the first half. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, in that third quarter, kind of felt like they started slowly turning it around, but not enough to convince you that this is going to be easy that, you know, but uh, man, that was an insane game. Uh, and the Lakers pulled it out, man. Fourth quarters where it really just took over, and I really loved that. Uh, how the team came together, how they really just started figuring out, you know, the rhythm that they had. They were trying to get going, and you know, Steph Curry, man, is still a threat, and he's still dangerous. And it was crazy seeing Steph Curry still do his thing. You know, it's like it's like he did his part. Yeah. It's unfortunate that the rest of the team wasn't there. You know, I don't think they had Wiseman. I don't think. Of course, Clay Thompson was out for the season, but right. man, it also makes you think like the Warriors are still a team you can't sleep on, you know? So yeah, man. Yeah, it's so weird because it almost felt like the second half is where it turned around because we saw Schroeder a lot less. And I yes. know Schroeder was really ice cold throughout this entire game. Yes. And he's like their third, you know, leading scorer that he needs to put up some numbers as well. And when they brought in, was it, is his name West West Matthews, right? Wes yeah, West Matthews. Yeah. And mind you, I'm a, I'm a this is my time when I start watching. I got to tell everybody, this is when I actually start to watch the Lakers. <laughs> I only watch when the playoffs get started. So I'm like, wait, who's this guy? Who's that guy? I don't yeah. know LeBron. I know AD. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. So, um, so Mess Matthews, I thought, really stepped up for them. And yeah. I guess he do- he was playing the point guard position, but he's not a natural point guard, no. right? No, no, so, he's a shooting guard. He's definitely a three-point guy. Like his thing is a three-point shot. That's why they got him. But um, he hadn't had any of that throughout the season. But I'm glad that... It- like anything, it, it, it when when you do it, when it counts, that's when it matters. And and right now is when it counted with that Warriors game. And I'm sure you saw too, like a lot of guards started stepping up. Caruso, KCP, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, it's almost like Vogel had to throw the guards out to yes. uh, make sure they stopped Steph Curry from having the kind of game that he wanted to have. So, yeah. And then, of course, the, the drama there in the fourth quarter when uh, eight, uh, LeBron goes for a dunk. And uh, Draymond Green comes down with a hard foul, really oh, hard yeah. foul, borderline flagrant foul. Yeah, yeah. But man, the, the the eye poke, man, a la Ric Flair, eye poke <laughs> to LeBron James there. And LeBron, man, just, you know, okay, I get he gets a lot of flack for over being over dramatic to get yeah. calls and whatnot. But man, he got poked in the eye legitimately there, right? Did, <laughs> yeah, did, he, did. did he not? He did. did he not? Yeah, he did. He did. So, I, I mean, you get poked in the eye. I see how you feel about getting back out there and taking some free throws. Not only did he take some free throws, vital three free throws, but he knocked the game-winning three down. Yeah. Very Kobe-esque, if I may add. Yeah. I mean, I have not been as excited for a shot like that at, you know, in the very crunch time where it really matters, play in, playoff game. And it's just, man, it just had those Kobe vibes to it because it's at Staples, clutch three, bar three, not even a three-pointer like at the line, like a bar three, very Kobe style. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I think LeBron's a Laker now. You know what? I He really <laughs> should be the Laker after finally winning the championship, right? Yeah. And But it's just like carrying the team on his back after getting an eye poke like that, overcoming an injury, a legitimate injury. 
And just hitting a big shot like that. It's like, man, I think LeBron's finally earning that purple and gold, man. Yeah, and man. <laughs> what did you think, D-Bot? I thought it was great, man. That was a really great shot. It was kind of funny seeing the post game when he said uh, that he saw three rims and he <laughs> just aimed for the middle one because that's how it was. And yeah, man, I think that it was really cool seeing LeBron do his thing. It kind of makes you think this is why you pay him the money that you pay him. You know what I mean? For moments like that. And uh, it was really cool to see it, man. And I'm really glad that the Lakers pulled it out. Um, at the end, I think it was like one final possession for the Golden State Warriors where KCP right. stole the ball and that was it. But yeah, it was really cool seeing that, man. I love that the fact that the Lakers turned it around and they really kind of, uh, you know, got their heads together and they really pulled out that win, which was needed in order for them to stay in this playoff race. Yeah, big shouts out to Frank Vogel for making the switches, as you were saying, with all the guards who were coming in, noticing all that. And like, man, it's, it's just this Laker team is finally gelling Right yeah. when it matters, playoffs, just the way you and Sonny were saying about injuries. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter how many injuries they have going, you know, during this stretch, as long as they all come together at the when the playoffs start, when it matters. Yeah. So here we go. Now the playoffs are officially underway. The Lakers are the number seven seed, taking on the number two seed, Phoenix Suns. And this is the first time ever that Vegas has betting odds where the number seven is favored over the number two, man. So but Vegas may have to make some big payouts after this first game because the Lakers dropped it 99 to 90. D-Bot, what happened? Oh, man. Um, you know, it was crazy seeing this game and the Lakers just did not have anything going for them. They just could not get the lead whatsoever. And I know that the I know Vegas has them favored, which to me is one of those things where they want people to bet on the underdogs. <laughs> You can't um, lose money. You, you can't, can't lose money here. You can't. And I mean, it's one of those things where like they want you to bet on the Lakers because um, it makes it makes it's weird, right? A number seven seed being yeah. above a two. That makes it no makes sense. sense. Yeah. Makes no sense. But then you see game one and it kind of makes you think like, well, I mean, they are the number two team. Like we can't dismiss them that early. You know, um, right. again, the Suns have to pull this win out three more times in order for it to be a real thing that they are the real deal, that they're going to pull it off. But, you know, until that happens, which I don't know, I mean, I'm still very confident the Lakers are still going to be able to pull it out. But for the most part, it just looked like, you know, the Lakers were trying everything they can. It just feels like they they weren't there yet. Their, their rhythm wasn't there. Um, I don't know if it just had to do with them coming off that play-in game. But, you know, it just feels like the rotations were not there. Obviously, the Suns were very physical. Like, they were in the paint. The, the, uh, DeAndre Aiden just kept, going in just kept trying to like get everything going and he had a good game he definitely played like the player that would be an number one overall pick you know which is what he was when he came in obviously didn't have that kind of season coming in but now we're seeing the the fruition of it so he's definitely coming into his own you know Devin Booker same thing too I mean those two guys being as young as they are and as as strong as they are um with CP3 kind of you know a little questionable now, right? He was a little wonky after that injury. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. To me, it just kind of showed me like that next generation of NBA coming up, you know, and how the the reins can be kind of switched at any given point, you know. But um, I'm so confident the Lakers are going to pull it out, but it was kind of hard to see this game and just seeing that they could never get a lead. I mean, if they were in the lead for like a, a period in the game and then they lost it, I would have felt a little bit better. But the fact that they never got into it just made me think like, wow, like what's what's going on, you know? Um, and then I just want I want to believe like last season that they just kind of like kept losing the game one, you know, against Portland and whatnot. Like 
because they they were able to figure out how to play them the next two three games and then counter them so hopefully there's something like that happening here it's a learning process that they're doing they're they're falling right into the lakers uh plan here is that what yeah. is that what you're thinking <laughs> that's what i'm saying i'm thinking like i hope it's that you know because uh yeah, it, it was tough seeing them like get out. They're being so physical, and the yeah. Lakers were not trying to match up to them. Um, I remember, well, I think it was the fourth quarter where they said like, "Oh, uh, Suns were already in foul trouble." Like in terms of like they're already giving up the bonus. Like the Lakers were in the bonus like halfway mm-hmm. through that quarter, and then the announcer said, "Oh, like the Lakers have yet to commit a team foul." You know what I mean? I'm just like, hmm, yeah. why did why why aren't they getting more aggressive with them? You know, so things like that I started thinking about. You know. Well, I always look at offensively too. Why um, in the, in the play in game it was it was Schroeder who who was uh, cold, but this time for this playoff game it was more AD that was cold. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you need your three top players to contribute offensively, and then you got to yeah. have that fourth or fifth player that just has a game of the night. To me, Montrezl Harrell looked pretty good yeah. at, at moments, and yeah. it's like, well, he's gonna be. I mean. It's always that go. We always go back to that thing that Clipper Pablo says. It's like, yeah. oh, Harold's great until you get to the playoffs. And it's like, <laughs> man, I kept thinking about that. Like, oh no, yeah. is, is are we going to be snake bit by him? But yeah. I thought he, he he stepped up. I think he was a great role player that stepped up for the Lakers. And I thought Drummond looked pretty good at times too. So it's just like, man, it's um, it's just a matter of everybody clicking at the right time, right? And it's just like, yeah. Paul, when when CP three went down, it's like, okay, cool. That's like. Well, it sucks anytime a player goes down, right? But it looked like such an odd injury that I'm like, oh yeah, he'll he'll come right back. Snap that shoulder right back in there, he'll be right back on the court. And then of course when he comes out with the with the you know, the uh compression sleeve. So it's like, okay, he's gonna be able to play through. Like that's great. You obviously don't want any serious injuries, right? from any any player on the court. But it's like, but they got him they're a man down. So it's like, come on, Lakers, take advantage. But I think yeah. uh LeBron sat out at the same time. So the Clippers, I mean, sorry, the Suns were able to go on a run at that point. And it's just like, man, I just felt like whenever LeBron was off the floor, the Suns would go on a run. And it'd yeah. be almost like a run that the Lakers couldn't answer back. Yeah. So it's like what worries me is if LeBron doesn't play a lot of minutes, which he's still, you know, nursing an injury. I mean, he's still, is he 100%? Is he saying 90%? I mean, yeah. 90% LeBron is still better than 100% of a lot of other players. But yeah. it's just... We need him out there for a lot of minutes, and yeah. it's just a matter if he's able to, to carry that load right now. So yeah. I'm a little worried, D-Bot. I'm glad you're way more optimistic than I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I think when even when LeBron was sitting, sitting down, I they put the camera on him, and you could just tell he had like that pissed off look. Like He kind of mm-hmm. is pissed that this game is not flowing in their direction, because it wasn't. It really wasn't. It yeah. felt like they were trying to climb out of a mountain or trying to climb out of a, a, a like a deep hole that they got themselves into. And it just felt like they never were able to get out of it. And I think I was kind of hoping they would turn it around fourth quarter, but like at the same time, I kind of felt like, no, I feel like this is the rhythm of the game. I think at this point, mm. we should just look into the next game, review the tape, and then figure out what your counter is going to be next time. I think for sure next time they're going to try to figure out the the uh uh DeAndre Ayton situation and not mm-hmm. letting him get so many easy um putbacks and a lot of those easy in the paint points. I mean, I think I haven't I didn't look at the final stat for the game, but I think at the end of the third quarter there was 34 points in the paint for the Suns mm-hmm. and only 20 for the Lakers. So that yeah. tells you that they were out rebounding them and they were doing a lot of putbacks, just putting that ball back in there, and the Lakers were not doing the same on the other end. Um, I feel like was it Magic who tweeted out before the game that that was like a key to the series? 
I believe so. I believe right? so. I know he he kind of gave out some some tidbits. And, you know, it's kind of like he's coaching from afar. You know, like he's a... As long as he's not trading players, I think we're okay. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But the Lakers just dropped game one. So there's still, you know, four more, at least four more games to go for the, yeah. in this yeah. series. Yeah. Lakers Lakers in five or six? Uh, I don't know. I can't. I, can't, I want to say five. I want to believe in five, but I, it could be six. I could, I could see the Suns go on another run like this, you know, and, and completely catch the Lakers off guard, especially if the Lakers would be up like two to one on the series or something. And then they start letting their foot off the gas because they think like, ah, oh, we got them or whatever. But yeah. who who knows? Maybe if they could take the next game, you know, take one home game, and that that says a lot about you. So home field adva- home court advantage is definitely played into that Phoenix uh, victory. There's a lot of the uh, Arizona uh, Phoenix Suns fans out there making a lot of noise, which is good, man. It's good to see fans back in stadium. So so now we're getting that full playoff atmosphere yeah. back in the NBA. And LA's other team started their playoff run also. The fourth fourth seed Clippers. That's right, the fourth seed because, you know, they were tanking games, quote-unquote tanking games. <laughs> which I got to bring up real quick and defend Clipper Pablo, even though he needs none of my help to defend himself. I thought he did a great job in, yeah. in, the, in his debate with you and Sonny there. And um, I just don't get why a Clippers team would tank against to tank to not face a team that they beat all season long like why would they try to avoid the lakers by tanking games like but i don't know that 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 was a little odd but i do see that it was odd that they were resting quote unquote resting all their players but yeah go rest them that's all good because it paid (laughs) off for you right game four (laughs) game one against the number five seed dallas mavericks Although maybe it didn't work out so well because they dropped game one, 113 to 103. Diva, what's going on with uh, Pablo's Clippers here? Man, um, I did watch this game. I watched the second half of it because I was really, really intrigued, especially after the Galaxy loss. It was kind of like, well, I want to watch the Spoiler alert coming up later in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Um, But yeah, um, the Clippers, man, it was interesting because this was a good back and forth game. Like they were really going back and forth. Like the, the, I don't know how many lead changes there were, but they were definitely like, I remember seeing like it be like the Clippers were up by two, then they were down by two, then they were up by two, then they were down by two. And it just made me think like, wow, this is a really bad, like you could tell these two teams played each other in the playoffs before, you know, they played each other last season. And Dantage is Dantage, man. Like he's just really relentless about, you know, making sure that if it has to be him that carries this Mavericks team on his back, he's going to do it, you know. And again, I think he 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 knows some of these guys already and he knows who he can go up against. I mean, we saw that replay of him uh, kind of posting up on Beverly, you know, and then getting that dunk in after Beverly fouled him. And I guess yeah. what they're saying is that he yelled at him. He's a what did he he might have. It sounded like he said something. It sounded like he said something, but I don't know if it was directed to him or anything. But I mean, on Twitter, they said that it must have been like you're you're too small for me or something like that. Um <laughs> Which is very direct. <laughs> I mean, who else could he have been saying that to? I mean, I get he wasn't looking directly at him, but was he looking at the fan in the second row? I mean, he was looking that way out yeah. to the fans, but... <laughs> yeah, for real. But it was, was insane seeing Dantage do this thing. But Dantage, it was mostly Dantage, Tim Hardaway Jr., and um, Finney Smith. I mean, those guys were just shooting lights out from the arc. They were just getting a lot of shots in, a lot of threes, a lot of J's. It was insane seeing them, especially towards the end is where they started turning it up. And then the Clippers on the other end just were not getting anything going. I mean, 
Kawhi Leonard had 26 points. Paul George had 23 points. But other than that, after that, there's like a drop off. Like Patrick Beverly had 10, uh, Batum had 11, and Rondo had 11. And I think, again, this was a really back and forth game. They were going back and forth. But after a while, like you could tell the Clippers were getting cold in the fourth quarter. And I think that's where it started, you know, falling apart for them. Um, they, the, like, again, the, the Mavs look like the team that were like, we've, we've been here before and we don't want to be seen as the lesser team. And Dontich is just, that's his mentality. He has that, that alpha mentality. So mm-hmm. he does it. And then the Clippers are trying to figure out what to do. And, and they weren't defending as well. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the Mavericks were just getting a lot of great shots off. It was yeah. insane how good their shots were getting. So I don't know, man. I think hopefully they, they the hopefully the Clippers have something up their sleeve because um, if this is really what they're going to be putting out um, against this Mavericks team, that could be very hard to beat because of Luka Doncic. Um, his personality is very Mamba mentality. Like, I mean, you're going to have to really figure something out, you know, or either get him in foul trouble or figure out who else can be in foul trouble. But like, you can't let them have that kind of night again. So. Yeah, the Clippers uh, looked like they were having some defensive problems as well. I mean, I don't really watch the Clippers that much. I mean, I barely watch my Lakers, but what I was watching from the Clippers defensively, I'm like, oh man, I thought they were a way better defensive team than than what they showed on this game one. And I mean, both of the LA teams, gotta say, gotta buckle down a little bit more defensively if we want to see that Western Conference final. Interesting stat right here from three-point range. The Mavericks were 42 uh, 47.2% from three-point. They made 17 out of the 36 taken. The mm-hmm. Clippers were 27% from three-point range, Ooh. 11 out of the 40 that they took. All so right. that tells so you a lot. Shot selection too, right? Yeah, like, that mm-hmm. tells you a lot right there. Um, again, you know, and that was another thing too with the Lakers that they messed up on was their free throws. A lot of missed free throws. Mm-hmm. I think the only, they only, they missed like more than half of their free throws, which is what, kind of kept putting them in that hole. Not because they could draw fouls, definitely. Right. But that was really terrible that they just were not making those free shots that you're supposed to be making. Which is how you counter a strong team in the paint, right? You, yeah, exactly. You head to the paint, yes. draw the fouls, and hit your yeah. free throws. So, uh, let's see. It's one game, guys. One game. L- we're still on pace for the Western Conference. Another stat, the Mavericks had 12 turnovers and the Clippers only had five. So you can't have a team turn over that much and still beat you. Yeah, turnovers are always going to kill you, man. You gotta, you gotta keep the ball. If you're gonna miss, miss it, just miss it. But don't turn it over and get get a waste a waste of possession there. You never want that to happen. But it's only one game, guys. We're still on pace yeah. to the Western Conference, L L A Western Conference showdown. Hopefully, fingers <laughs> crossed that still happens, man. Fingers yeah. crossed. All right. Um, so going now to the baseball diamond. Our reigning defending Los Angeles Dodgers are finally, finally taking advantage of some really great starting pitching and timely hitting. They went 8-1 and one on their most recent homestand. They were third place in the NL West going into this weekend, this past weekend series with the hated Giants. And guess what? They swept the bastards from the bay. They, <laughs> they are now on a seven-game winning streak. D-Bot! Our Dodgers, they're looking good, man. What stood out to you this past weekend? Oh, man, the pitching, the starting pitching stood out to me. Um, obviously, I feel like we've always talked about how great the pitching would be for this for this roster. Um, but it's great to see it be consistent through the series. Because, again, we went through that, what, like 11-game losing streak or something yeah. like that? With like We were really just getting 
killed by a lot of these different teams and you know Kershaw getting pulled in the first inning and a lot of different things and then on, t- on top of that like our our our, uh, our bullpen just kind of being very questionable which I feel like is still a little questionable in this series because again like today's game oh, we yeah. were up 10 to nothing and then the game ended 11 to 5 and uh, those five yeah. runs came from the bullpen so that's where I get a little concerned um because I did see that at the bottom of the ninth there was two on and you know it was like what the heck so like if this dude even gets in then they're gonna go six seven eight you know what I mean and we're really like close to losing the lead and I think things like that is what worries me. But for for the most part, the starting pitching, man, I I love it. The the Bauer Friday uh, <laughs> with what he did, the trolling, like and then I love it when it happens and it's like a good thing. Like when we really win the game, like it would have sucked if he did all that and then we ended up losing the game because it was only <laughs> like we're only up two to nothing. So um, it was funny seeing that. Um, I mean, Walker Bueller had a great a great day as well on Saturday. And then Julio Urias, who also got a, a nice little hit. I got to see that. I was like, oh, yes. shoot. It was really nice, man. Yeah, Urias went uh, on this past Sunday, went two for three, three RBIs. One of that hit you saw was a was a two uh, two RBI double. Yeah. <laughs> just, it oh, was man. nice. I mean, it's just, it's just, I believe, I think they were calling him Little Babe Ruth, which was really <laughs> funny. Um, so, I mean, and then this whole series, I know that Slam Diego, is our most, you know, our most visible threat to us, right? Yeah. I mean, they're currently yeah. in first place, first place on a yeah. nine-game winning streak. Um, so obviously, they're the more credible threat. But I, I'm always going to have have a special place of hate in my heart for the San Francisco Giants because those are our rivals, man. Those those are the actual the those are the clásicos, those are the traficos, those are the yeah. ones that we have to win. Like I, we could lose. Every series being dead last, yep. but did we beat the? Did we win the giant season series? That's all that matters to me. Yeah, and it true. goes both ways. It you know it goes both ways in San Francisco because they, I mean, recently they haven't really been having good seasons, but they want to beat us. They want to play spoilers to us. Yeah. So when Bauer pitched on Friday nights, quote unquote Bauer Day, as he likes to call it, taking a page <laughs> out of Kershaw Day, he was exiting. The, you know, he had a good start, right? Six, yeah. six, another quality start. That's the thing with Bauer. He's had quality starts almost every outing. He's went out there. He's sometimes he's had lot. He's he's five and two on the season. But even on those losses, they were they were they were just short of quality starts. He's given up three or four runs max. It's yeah. just no offense is helping him. So that's yeah. why he leaves with a loss. But exiting the game, he was hearing the boos from the Giants fan. Then proceeded to put his cup his uh his hand over his ear to listen to those boos mm-hmm. and then lift his arms up in the air proudly as he's walking into the <laughs> dugout. And it's like, man, that, as you said, that's great trolling. That's great adding fuel to this rivalry. Yeah. And listen, you know how I feel about Trevor Bauer. I really yeah. don't care for him personally, but he's he, the, with that moment right there. And I mentioned to you guys in our group chat, he might be finally winning me over. He, I might forget all the stupid cyberbullying that he does, all his forced hijinks that he does on Twitter. Like I might, he might be finally winning me over. I might come over and be a Bauer fan. But then I saw uh, while scrolling through Twitter, I saw a base hit that he would have got to right field and he got thrown out running the first base from a right field uh, single, which is, which happens, you know, especially yeah. from the pitchers. But I'm like, oh, no, I don't like him still because he doesn't hustle the first base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me just being dumb. But yes, power, man, the perfect, that's the perfect thing you want from with a player on your team, right? To really give it to the rivals. 
stats-wise, which he did with his performance, and then to the fans the way he did. Yeah. Like, damn, dude, I guess yeah. guess I'm going to have to ride with him now. I really don't want to, but damn, I got to ride with him. Diva, what do you uh, think of Bauer? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I like how he pitches. I think for the most part, he's had pretty good starts for the, for the, for the majority of his Dodger career. Yes. Like, I believe only the first game is where he was had great six innings, and then the seventh one is where he started messing it up a little bit, and they pulled mm-hmm. him. But other than that, I was really happy with this with this result over the weekend. I I'm all I'm all good with you know you being this like kind of uh, villain to the opposing team if if for whatever reason you for if you could back it up. That's just how I see right. it. Um, I think the last time the Giants had a sort of villain from the Dodgers was a uh, Yasiel Puig. Um, that's right yeah and, and it and it's only because again when you have those personalities on your roster in a weird way it's like the only thing that i could think of make that makes sense in baseball if you don't have a, a lot of swagger in your team if one of them could just be the one that everyone hates on then that's kind mm-hmm. of also kind of cool to to see because then you you want to kind of feel like that there's something that you want to give them a reason to really come and play you know so it's really cool i like it i have no issues with bauer on that end <laughs> And I just don't follow him on social media, so I don't know what happens in his personal life. <laughs> I, I got to be like you, D-Bot. I, I really, well, it's not so much his personal life. It's just that he engages a lot of, like, negativity on Twitter. Yeah. And it's just like, well, maybe you shouldn't engage it. But it's also, I think our buddy A. Martinez mentioned that if you get in that pool, you're going to get wet. Yeah. In the sense where, like, if you're a fan talking smack about Trevor Bauer on Twitter, like, if you yeah. add him and stuff, he will respond. Yeah, And it's kind of like, I don't think these athletes should waste their time responding to negativity on Twitter. But I guess I kind of don't mind it in the sense where, look, he's going to go do a good performance out there on the field. And if he wants to do extracurricular stuff that's not illegal or not hurting anybody anywhere else, then by all means, go for it. I really should not expect more from any athlete, anybody always, right? Yeah. So why should I expect him to, you know, carry himself with a little bit more class? Because yeah. I always think it's always one of those things too. You see online, like, oh, the Dodgers organization, such a class organization. Like, uh, but our, look at who they got. <laughs> He's not acting very classy on social media. Yeah, and it's just so funny the 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 polar opposites and who they just picked up in Albert Pujols, which I wasn't here with you guys last week when I mentioned uh, when Albert Pujols signing. And I just gotta say this: when I saw it, I was just like you and and. On our group chat, when Sonny sent that to us, like this has to be a joke. This is fake news. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Yeah. And it's like, man, this worries me that it could be a big bust of a signing, almost to the degree of Andrew Jones, right? Oh when, yeah, yeah. But mind you, we needed that big bat. Now with Pujols, we don't really need the big bat. It's just it's cool to have coming off the bench and give Muncie some days off. So we're not, yeah. in the sense, we're not dependent on Pujols the way we were on Andrew Jones at the at that time. So it's like, okay. If he works out, fantastic. If he doesn't, oh, well, we cut our losses. We This failed experiment, oh, well. But the fact that he's been playing well, got his first RBI in his first, yeah. got an RBI in his first game, then a home run in his uh, what third game in yeah. Dodger Stadium. So it's like, I mean, he's already paying dividends. And now comes the, so it's just funny how it, we have a, a, a person like Trevor Bauer on one end of the spectrum who's does a bunch of weird stuff on social media because personality, his his character can be questioned. And on the opposite end is somebody like Albert Pujols, who what gave a baseball bat to a kid in the first row after, you know, he get a base hit single in San yeah. Francisco. It's like, yeah, so true. 
It's just so funny that the, the hey man, the Dodgers, we got a little bit of everything for everybody. Whatever you're into, it's the Dodgers buffet over here, guys. Yeah. What kind of what kind of player do you want on your team? We have them all. Yeah, that's so true, man. That's really true. That's that. Yeah, I'm glad that you spoke about Albert Pujols because I did want to get your. I was going to ask you that right now. What was your take on the whole signing? Um, but yeah, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving to see it. I'm I'm hoping that the Dodgers get to number one and we could take over San Diego. And uh, yeah, I, uh, just here to watch it happen. So, but we got <laughs> uh we got some so our next opponent. It's a must. One. It's a must see two game series coming up because the Dodgers go to Houston, and just based on my, obviously no starters have been announced either way. But if I'm if my uh, calculations are correct in starting pitcher rotation, yeah. it should be Kershaw going on Tuesday. And Bauer going on Wednesday. So that's going to be an interesting one-two punch against Houston's lineup, who's like no slouch either. They're in second place in the AL West. So, I mean, they're they're still the Astros, even with just Carlos Correa, Yuri Gurriel out there. Yeah. And it's just, they're obviously not the same Houston Astros. And then, of course, you have the, the biggest creep of them all, Jose Altuve. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> so it's... um. It's going to be an interesting matchup, to say the least. It's definitely going to be musty TV. And I think Joe Kelly said about going to Houston, if somebody throws a beer at him, he's going to throw it back. Yeah. So already, <laughs> already fueling the fires. I love Joe Kelly, as you mentioned earlier about Puig. And the Dodgers are, are swaggerless. We know this. We've heard from Sonny. The, the Dodgers are a bit swaggerless. But we have Joe Kelly, and he is down to throw the sad lip to anybody strike them out and saddle up their asses back to the dugout so yeah it's gonna be an exciting series right Dbot? yeah no i'm looking forward to it i'm definitely looking forward to it i like you i think yeah kershaw bueller is basically a nice one-two punch that would be needed for this Astro series for sure but yeah i'm excited for it i'm looking forward to it no um sorry if i misspoke it's gonna be kershaw then bauer Kershaw then oh, bauer okay so bauer starting that wednesday should be exciting because how are they asked, How is Carlos Correa going to respond when he gets when he gets struck out by Bauer and he gives hits him with that little sword celebration that he does yeah. or just slaps his chest the way he does? Because you know Carlos Correa is a whiny little bitch too. So he's got. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's uh he's all about the um the unwritten rules about baseball, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna be. It's gonna be really curious to see if, in fact, my calculations are correct and we do see Bauer on Wednesday because I would really like to see how he pitches against the Astros. In yeah. Dodger uniform now. So yeah. he's already starting to win me over with the, what he did against the Giants. If he has a really good outing and gives the business to the Astros, man, I think I might have to go full on Bauer outage merch. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. I don't really, like I said, I really don't care for him personally, but performance on the field and, you know, hijinks on the field, I could totally go for. That's, yeah. I'm all in for that stuff, man. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> All right. So moving on to MLS and our what at the time of going into this weekend, our second on the table, LA Galaxy, man. That 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 was fun. Remember, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> so they traveled to Portland and look at going into this match, Portland's always tough at home. Yeah. But Portland was shorthanded, man. They had nine players on the injured list. They had their fourth. They had their fourth string goalkeeper starting. Like they got him out of like not even the the USL. They got him from. I think they got him from goals in Covina. And all in all honesty, <laughs> I don't know where they got him from, but they got him in there. 
And then uh, 44 minutes into the match, the Galaxy decided, you know what? Let's add a 10th player to their injured list. Yeah. Because Derek Williams went in there hard, man. Yeah. A strong, reckless tackle, dude, and uh, took out Andy Polo. So the Galaxy were shorthanded for all of the second half. Didn't work out well when you have 11 versus 10. Never really does. Mm-mm. The Galaxy dropped it 3-0. to zero. Could have been a lot worse. Should have been better, but it wasn't. Divot, how are you feeling about the G's after that match? Um, again, like you said, Portland's not an easy team, similar to Seattle. Um, they're definitely those are clubs that like you you have to really be on your A game. You definitely can be tackling that way. Um yeah. and uh I think once that tackle happened and that red card was thrown, that was pretty much it. You know, even though it was still Zero zero draw at the time of that that mm-hmm. tackle and a time of that penalty. Um, the thing is, is that like it doesn't. It's it's it just was. It, you could tell like there was no way this Galaxy team was gonna survive what was to come with only ten men on the field. Um, and I think for the most part, uh, Portland did a great job of you know keeping Chicharito out of the game. It was almost like he wasn't there, and it sucks to see that because you know those are you know. Chicharito is a big part of the reason why, you know, the goal scoring happens. Um, he creates opportunities. If not, he's the one that takes them. But yeah. And then at the same time, um, we had Cabral, you know, in his first start. And I kind of felt like him and Chicharito need to, you know, have a little bit better chemistry. Like it just feels like Cabral was a little indecisive. Um, at times, they didn't know if he was going to take the shot or pass. And by the time he made up his mind, it was kind of too late. Like he didn't have like the best, you know, uh, positioning to take the shot and then um top of that like if you would throw a pass it would get intercepted because it was something that he just kind of thought of like last minute or something like that and i think for the most part like strategy wise it just felt like um the galaxy were there to play to not lose and mm-hmm. it kind of showed all over the field it felt like even when they were still 11 strong that you know portland had way better chances on them than they did on portland but definitely once the red card hit it was it was pretty much that was it and yeah. and it showed it showed because they no matter how many subs came in and all that it really did nothing at all so yeah and then once Portland started scoring it was kind of like all right then I guess this is this we, we were avoiding the inevitable we were avoiding the chainsaw as you as you uh, alluded to on our I know group that chat, damn right? chainsaw it's kind of <sighs> it hurts when you see it happen because you know what that means you know it's like they're really it's good insulting injury yeah dude it's like they're pouring salt on your wound you know totally. And going back to before the uh, red card, um, Granzier went down with a with a hamstring pull or it looked some kind of leg injury. I think is what I saw some kind of some lower low leg injury. So he may not be back for next week. Doesn't look like it's likely. So that that's always going to hurt the chemistry up top because you wanted those two wingers up there with Chicha of Granzier, Cabral, and Chicha up there because you know those three gelling together is just going to be an offensive explosion is what Banny's hoping for Yeah, at some yeah. point, right? Yeah. But the less reps they get, the less the the longer it's going to take to build that chemistry. So that's going to obviously hurt. Poor Sasha Kletchkin had to come here and play a whole, oh, a whole I half. I, like, I was like, wow, they're really going to bring him in? I was like, damn, I guess, you know. I love Kletchkin, man, but he's he's a super sub. He's he shouldn't be playing an entire half, uh, no. more than an entire more half, than an so. entire half. Yeah, and then also Efrain Alvarez wasn't doing much. Oh yeah, he looked he looked lost too, and, and it just yeah, I kind of feel like this is where I think maybe Zubak might have to start next next week on one of the mm-hmm. wings, which is going to be a little interesting. But 
I don't know how they're well, going to play. Zubak please. is the Chicha whisperer, man. He knows where to where to where to give it to Chicha and where Chicha can finish. So yeah. I, I that makes me a little bit more hopeful. I like him being on the wing a little bit more than Granzier. Granzier sh- showed some some promise or potential, but not living up to it yet. A lot like Ifra. I mean, story of the galaxy potential and shows glimmers of it, but ha- they're not living up to it yet. Especially. I mean, like it's great that they're getting wins against teams that they should be getting wins against, and uh, you know, like the Miamis and and the and the Austins, and but when it comes to really good teams like Seattle, Portland, and even LAFC, they're they're not playing to that to that level yet, and it's obviously a work in progress. It's going to take some time. It's we hope it happens. It looks like it can happen. It's just a matter of when it happens. You just hope there's still some season or there's playoffs there and hopefully they are a playoff team i remember you saying that last week dbot oh this team's a playoff team i'm like i hope so (laughs) i hope so man because you got to beat the good teams to make the playoffs yeah i mean my thing is i think they're gonna be like a playoff team like seven or eighth or something like that and then they get bumped in the first round um (sighs) that always hurts which sucks because you never (laughs) want to see like if you want your if your team is in the playoffs if you're ever in the playoffs you want to be there to really go a couple of rounds and not be the team that makes it to the playoffs and it gets bounced early because you were really never that good to begin with. It was just kind of right. like the, 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 the way the format works is that you can get in on, you know, the last second thing or whatever. It's, I don't know, it's kind of a bummer, but at the same time, I think for the most part, I know for the most part, it's good for the managers and for the front office because they could tell their owners like, Hey, look, at least we got their team in the playoffs. So that means, <laughs> that, you know, you don't have to fire us. So. Yeah, but I hate. I so, always hate when my teams have to come in as the last two seeds, kind of similar to the Lakers, like because it, it always makes you feel like, oh man, there's a there's a, a chance that this might be it, like this one and done type of thing. And I don't like that. Yeah, because we watch our teams and we know what they can do when they get there, right? Like, ugh, why even bother going to the playoffs if you're just going to go lose one? Yeah. But good luck saying that to somebody like Sonny, whose play, whose Mariners have made the playoffs in years. It's just like, oh, I want to get there once, but like. I don't want. I'm used. I not that I'm used to it. It just it hurts more when I see them losing the playoffs, man. Yeah. It's just I. Uh, I just because I've been. I've I've I felt that pain before. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't, don't want to keep feeling that pain, man. Yeah. yeah. So true. I mean, the Cali Clasico is coming up next. Uh, San Jose is what we've been talking about coming up next week. Next week. So what kind of uh, what kind of lineup do you think they're going to put out there? And do you think do you like their chances against uh, San Jose? Um, I do. I think that it should be a little bit better of a team to play for the Galaxy. I mean, the Galaxy are in this space right now where if you're um if you're Seattle, if you're Portland, if you're anywhere in those top, you know, if you're sporting Kansas City, you know, um, you know, or even if you're in the East Coast, if you're the if you're Orlando City, Philadelphia, Atlanta, like you you have a lot of work to do still to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, uh take one from them. Um, at most, it's kind of one of those things where, like, even with this Portland game, if there was a, I was hoping that we'd get a draw, that'd be awesome, you know. But you right. know, once we started putting the goals in, it was pretty much like that's a wrap. But I felt like, man, if we could get a draw, that would still be a win for us as a Galaxy. Um, so I'm hoping that with uh, San Jose, um, you know, currently in seventh place, they should be a team that they should be able to take care of. Um, it's still gonna be a battle because, of course, these are the two California teams that love going at each other. The Cali Clasico, um, you know, so I think that for the most part, I feel like it it should be contentious, but I do feel like the Galaxy have enough firepower to pull out a win. Even if it's like one nothing or 2-1 or whatever, 
I think they still have it in them to do it. So yeah, and it's going to be interesting with the lineups um, just to see what happens. Because like you said, the injuries, the red card, I mean, it changes a lot of things. So there's, there's you know, Vanny has his work cut out for him on, on what he's going to have to do next week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Do you think Williams deserves an additional game suspension? I believe so. I think that um, that was a really rough thing to watch. And when it happened, it was kind of like, whoa, you know? But I mean, at the mm-hmm. same time, it, I, I heard Vanny at the in the post game, and he did say that, like, obviously Williams knew that that was wrong, but that like the thing is that he ran and he already had committed to to the slide, so he committed, and then that's that's what happened. But it was not cool because then you see Polo come out with you know a cast in his leg on crutches, and then you're just like, oh man, this is horrible. Like he definitely needs yeah. to be suspended an extra game for that because that's not good. You know, so yeah, I think it merits it. You know, whatever the MLS wants to do, it merits it because it sucks. It was an accident, but at the same time, like you as a defender should know better than than to really come at someone like that strong. Um, this is not cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would not be surprised if they give him at least maybe a one or two game suspension. Yeah. Do you think two would be excessive or one's fair enough? I think so. One. Two games total. Yeah, I think one is fair. I think for the most part, I think one is fair. So, yeah. I mean, but if they wanted to do two, I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything less yeah. of it. Right? That means we got Dupuis in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> starting with Steris. But Dupuis, man, once again, just like the Galaxy, shows glimmers yeah. of that of that potential. But yeah. then it's like live up to it already. Yeah. So that means uh, <laughs> our boy Jonathan Bond is going to keep uh, keep racking up those saves. That guy deserves Currently, a better defense, man. I'm telling you, man, he makes some great saves for them when they really need it and keeps them in the game. But yeah. man, he can't stop everything. Yeah, no. Event- so. Eventually, they're gonna, you know, he he can only do so much, you know. But that second goal, I believe, went off the crossbar and yeah. then back in, in into On play. The header, yeah, and then went went in with a header, man. So it's just like ah, it's just, that's just a bad one to give up. So obviously, the three nothing loss wasn't. Never, never, never looks good, and it's really not. But it also not as bad as it could have been had it not been for Bond. Twenty eight saves now on the, on the season. It's only been what six games, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Because it's kind of like in a way it makes him look good because it's like, wow, look at this guy he's just stopping everything. He's like he's an octopus in that box, you know. But at the same time, it it just means that your defense sucks. <laughs> like, totally. Uh, so. Going to LA's other team, <laughs> LAFC, they finally got some fans back at the bank. Over 10,000 fans now at the Bank of California Stadium, thanks to the new fully vaccinated section. And also, more importantly, on the pitch, Carlos Vela back in the starting 11. So, Dbot, did that give LAFC the boost that they needed? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, the LAFC won 2-1 to one against Colorado Rapids. Uh, Diego Rossi with two goals. In the 14th minute and the 33rd minute. Um, but yeah, the second one was an assist by Vela, I believe. And mm. it kind of goes to show you that, yeah, he definitely makes the te- the offense for sure just look completely different. I think that 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 front lineup that they had with um, Rossi, Vela, and Baird um, mm. up top, man, like they definitely had something going for them. And they had really good chemistry um, back and forth. So definitely for sure, it seems like Vela... If he's not there, the team co- looks completely like a, a different team than than when he's there. Um, so yeah, it was really in, it, good to see LAFC win their thing, uh, win their game. And um, you know, just a couple sets that I saw here that stuck stuck out to me was pass accuracy. LAFC had eighty percent pass accuracy, 
versus 73% from Colorado Rapids. So that tells you a lot about how much better the LAFC was playing um, against Colorado. Possession-wise, they had 58% possession versus Colorado's 42%. So, you know, again, it's amazing to see when a team can dominate a possession and that possession also means, you know, school scoring and wins versus just empty possession. So that was really cool to see. But yeah, definitely LAFC was clicking a lot better than in their previous games without Vela. It seems like Vela definitely is the... uh, the the guy there that that makes that team run. Uh, I winced when you said empty possession because that made me think of the LA Galaxy's first half in Portland. Yeah, and all that possession they had yeah. and all for not. So it's for like nothing. ah, yeah. that's that's what the Galaxy's problem is. They don't have Villa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sonny, that one's for you, just for you because I know you. You're right. Villa is um is more of the playmaker and it's very obvious that he is more of the playmaker than Chicha for the whole Galaxy versus Chicha versus Bella rivalry, the Galaxy versus LAFC rivalry. But it's just, man, Galaxy got to get some players around Chicha that are going to help him. And Vanny's trying and I think next week's going to be really telling against San Jose because um, those are the games you got to win. Those are the games yeah. you definitely got to win. Yeah. Z-Bot, did you check out any of LAFC's uh, TV broadcast? Uh, I... I saw the second half. Uh, I know they were on uh, my thirteen That's KCOP, right. old school yes. KCOP. Uh, right. I remember it as a kid as the UPN Are you- network. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Big shouts out to the UPN. Oh man, UPN. I was waiting for the for the. I was waiting for sister sister to come on next. Yeah, know, exactly. Moesha, Moesha Moesha was on there too. Yeah, the Parkers. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> That's right, dude. <laughs> Uh, man, but dude, that's actually, in all honesty, in the whole rivalry between LA Galaxy and LAFC, this is a big deal for LAFC to be on on a local channel like this because yeah. it's going to open up more exposure to, to your team to a wider fan base who may not have a uh, cable or, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So it's like, this is, and, or not want to even pay for a streaming service yeah. like YouTube TV. Yeah. So it's really smart of them to get on this. Yeah. So big ups to LAFC for getting a TV deal like this. It's really smart. Yeah, real quick too, man. I mean, I think us, if you live in LA, you definitely were spoiled if you had no cable. Um, because mm-hmm. the Dodgers game um, on Saturday was on Fox 11. You know, LAFC had their game on uh, My 13, KCOP. Uh, LA Galaxy game was on ABC 7 on Saturday at 12.30. And then the Laker game today was at on ABC 7 at 12.30. It's like... D-Bot, you've, you've convinced me. I'm cutting the cord. No more <laughs> AT&T TV for me. That's it. I don't need it. I'm going to just watch... Just going to get my uh, digital antenna. That's all I need now, right? I, I, you know what I feel like? Why don't we as fans in Los Angeles protest to these teams to stop getting these like cable deals? And just be like, look how cool it is that we get to watch these games on just regular network TV. Like, it really doesn't mean anything to us as fans that like it's on like a certain channel that is dedicated to you or whatever. Like, I just want to watch the game. You know what I mean? I just want to watch the game. That's it. You don't have to do a pregame or postgame. Just air the game. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to get into a whole nother podcast here about TV watching and TV rights because I feel two different ways about this. And it's like this. I've always thought it was so cool that the Yankees had their own like yes oh, network. The yes network, yeah. 
so I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool because that's 24 seven Yankees, right? Yeah. On that network. So when the Dodgers finally got theirs, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, finally we're like on that level yeah. of the elites, the cream of the crops of other franchises yeah. in baseball. So I'm like, cool, I'm down with it. But it costs money to sign those contracts, right? Yeah. And, it's, and then that, you know, the, the networks have to pay the teams that much for content. And of course, they pass it on to us fans. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want that channel? You got to get a cable subscription, or not just any cable subscription. It needs to be two tiers above the basic one. Yeah. So, of course, all that's going to cost money, but it goes back to our team in the sense we're like, now they can afford to sign Mookie Betts for 13 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they probably wouldn't get that deal if they were on like, you know, the CW Channel 5, like, you know, they were sometimes. So, yeah, it's, it's weird, man. I really like that when teams are accessible on a local channel over the air because you just build a bigger audience. Yeah. It's natural. Not everyone has cable. Yeah. So, of course, like, yeah, man, more fans of the team watching, following, then we're going to get a bigger fan base to go to the stadium, yeah. to buy tickets, buy merch, mm-hmm. and that's how you, the team can get money also. But I guess that's the old school way of thinking. Yeah. And now it's like a quicker payday. I think my alternate then would be, can ESPN Plus or Peacock just buy whatever's available? Because, you know, paying $5 a month is, is not that bad. And then right. you get all access like, okay, so NHL is going to be on ESPN Plus, right? Right. And then I got to see Premier League. I got to see the Wolves-Manchester United game towards the end, um, which was cool on Peacock. It's just like, oh, look, it's right there. And I just turn it on and it yeah. goes. And um, yeah, ESPN Plus has a bunch of different things. Obviously, um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, see, like, I don't, I don't mind if it comes out of, you know, just like a five or $10 a month thing, but let it all be on like one thing. You know, I think uh, I was having a, a pretty interesting discussion with Clipper Pablo about this, where we were <laughs> talking about like Fanatis and Fubo TV and like, what would be a great alternative, but that has it all. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of tough. Like you, you, there isn't one out there. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then on top of that, like a lot of these services are kind of increasing their prices. Like they're almost competing surely, yeah. to that YouTube TV or even that Spectrum AT&T level, you know, like 60 mm-hmm. to 80 a month. And it's kind of like, oh, man, that's a lot of money for the fact that all you want to do is just watch your teams. You know what I mean? That's where we're screwed as sports fans, right? Because a lot of people can cut the cord. I could just live off the Internet and Netflix and YouTube and that's it. Like, yeah, I, I would love to do that. Right. Yeah. Just watch a movie on Netflix and Watch what I got to keep up with on YouTube, and that's it. But we got to see these games live. Yeah. <laughs> we we got we got to feel that live energy. Yeah. The greatest reality shows of all time mm-hmm. are the M- uh, MLB, the NBA, the NFL. That's it. We want it live. We got to see it and talk about it, live tweet about it. So that's where we're stuck, man. And we can't really cut the cord, and we can't get one streaming service like a Fubo because that that adds up to the, along with the cost of. The Netflix and the Hulu's and and all that. It's just like, man, at this point, we're, we're going to have to pay for it. But we're glad you didn't have to pay for this episode. This is always going to stay free. West Box Score is always going to stay free until we sell out to Blue Wire Hustle at Blue Wire Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> That's our media partner. Be sure to follow them on Twitter at Blue Wire Hustle. They're actually they're, they're not a sellout network. I'm just I'm just that's a joke, man. They're a network that comes together to help other sports collaborators, right? Yeah, right, D-Bot? Then, if you want to start a podcast. Yeah, man. I mean, they're out there building a platform where if you want to start your own sports net uh, podcast, um they're definitely a good place to start with. They definitely help you out. I mean, they'll get you artwork done. And then you'll get access to this Discord channel, which is really cool because people talk a lot about sports on there. And then you get to see who's who 
people promote their stuff, people get tips. Sometimes some of the hosts are like, hey, man, like, I want to tape something, you know, in a couple of hours. Is anybody free to jump in and do like a co-host thing with me? And and then you never know. You get plugged in as a guest for someone's show, man. And it's really cool because at the end of the day, it's all conversation and practice. So it's really cool to see that. And I think once you do a podcast, I know Alex knows we, 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 we've seen it like we do our show and then that's it. And that's why we even created our own discord, because it's cool to see community. It's cool to see people come together and talk about it and build like a tribe. And that's what we're really trying to do. And, and Blue Wire Hustle, it's its own little tribe of people who love sports and that want to talk about it and that like want to be able to like feel like they're having like a group of people to talk to about it, you know, not just their family members who are listening to their pod yeah. and that, you know, <laughs> probably don't know how to, you know, and for the most part, everyone does well with criticism and everything, but you never know. Sometimes you want to hear from a fellow podcaster and stuff. So that's what Blue Wire Hustle does. And I think it's a great platform that, you know, if you definitely have an idea for a show, definitely jump on. We'll leave the link on our show notes. You could, you know, hit them up for anything. Ask them any questions. They'll definitely help you out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, give us uh, any criticism you hear about our podcast on Apple Podcasts, you know, on our Twitter feed at WestBoxScore, on our Instagram page at WestBoxScore. Be sure to give uh, Sonny Amano some criticism, too, on Instagram at the Fox Crate. His podcast is called the Fox Crate Podcast. And, um, you know, that's going to be it for us this week. See ya. Later. <laughs>